Redeemed in LA. Um, this is Danny. I'm here today with uh, Josue. I'm here with Giselle and I'm here with Eric. Guys, today we're gonna, uh, you know, go back on a little topic that we've had of breaking chains. This is gonna be uh, breaking chains part two. And um, I feel like uh, there's a lot of things that have been left unsaid. And this is like a very um, extensive, I can say, an, an extensive topic. So um, I don't even think we're gonna get through it. I think we're gonna even ask for a top, like another, you know. Part three, you know, but um, let's try to get as much as as we can as possible. And one of the questions that they were asking, they were saying, you know, how can we open a dialogue with our parents so that they can tell us about the chains that they might have activated in our future? Um, and when people ask me that, it's it's tough, right? Because I'm in the belief that if I struggle with something and they're of age, I want to share it to them because I want to I want them to be as how do I say that? As successful as possible, right? I, I, if I'm saying, hey, you know, I, you know, I like scratching in that tree. Be careful, cause you know, look at my back; it's all messed up. So I gotta make sure that I gotta. But some people don't agree with me. People say that no, because you know, sometimes they might be looking for a, a, a like a little cop out. You know what I mean? So for example, um, let's just say at the. I just want to say this quickly, and just so we can get out of this. But I want to say that, for example. If your parents were, had a, were having a problem at the 10 year mark and you are on your ninth year, you're gonna be looking. Excuse me. Woo. Sorry. But you're gonna be looking for that cop out. You're gonna be looking for that cop out of, uh, oh, you know, it's almost 10 years. Am I gonna love my husband? Am I gonna not love my husband? So I feel a spiritual person, I don't know, maybe you guys can chime in, but the spiritual person is never looking for a cop out. They're always looking to get better, and they're always looking to better themselves in their in their in their spiritual self. So I I like the fact that I tell my dad, Dad, what did you struggle with? And he usually tells me. He usually like opens up a little bit and tells me like I struggle with this. Be careful with this. Be careful with that. And I tend to look at that in my life. You know what I mean? What do you think? Yeah, I just think uh, it's, it's also falls on the parents too, like the sermon, right? And that's yes. where you want to make sure that your parents. I mean, not you, but like your parents themselves need to make sure that they're. You know, being filled with the Holy Spirit and guided by the Holy Spirit because they need to know what's the purpose of this question. Are you trying to ask me so you can go and do it? Are you trying to ask me because you're struggling with it? Or yeah, what's the situation? Right. So, I mean, that's that's a whole topic for like parents, not for like youth. But I mean, look, I, I don't think it hurts to ask. That's your job as a as a, as, a, as a their child, like dad. Like what did like you said? What did you struggle with? But then it's gonna fall on them. Maybe this is not the right time to tell you. Right. right, it doesn't hurt to ask. You'll never know the answer if you never ask. I feel like you, you have to. You have to. I'll give you a turn now. You have to. I love what you said. You have to discern as a parent as well, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're not gonna be telling. Oh, right. you know. Um, <laughs> for example, you know when I would say, for example, if I had trouble in my marriage, I would tell a kid before they get married, mm -hmm. right? Because I think it would be right, be right, perfect, right? Because time. you're not married, you're not looking for a cop out, for example. But you're not gonna look at a 14 year old kid and said, listen. I used to smoke weed because guess what they're going to be given all over smoking, weed. smoking weed. Right. But when right. they turn 19, 20 and they're in church and they're like, look, I used to struggle with this. Be careful. And then they can be like, oh, or don't say that at all. There's some things that you just don't say, but there's other things that you may, you may have to say. What do you think? Giselle? Honestly, I, I really agree with this. I wrote 
three different um, things that you need to be before you can ask or before you can open this type of dialogue with your parent. And the first one I, that I actually wrote is that you have to be an appropriate age and and mature because you can't ask if you're going to go back and throw it in their faces later on. Like th that defeats the whole purpose of what the chain is or, or what what you should be asking for. Right. Um, oh, yeah. And to further on, like if, as we do things, it should be biblical. Right. Yes. And if you look at Isaiah 1, 18 to 20. God the Father is through a prophet telling the people of Israel, like, what is your sin? And let's talk about it. Let's reason it. Right. Let's try to correct this. So if God the Father is our father spiritually, why can't we do that with our biological fathers, our own fathers and mothers, right? And for, to further on, too, the Bible also says we have to, you know, respect our mother and our father. We shouldn't look for ammunition against them, but right. to honor them, learn from their mistakes, and also improve upon Yes, I, I agree, and with the and with the whole honoring your parents, it's so cool because well, it's not well not cool because sometimes it's not it's not good, right? But right. <laughs> you have to see that it's like an, it's like a never ending circle, right? So I've seen so many times in my life people that disrespect their their mothers, usually their kids disrespect them, and then their kids disrespect them, and their kids disrespect them, and it's like this vicious circle, vicious circle, and then that's when we have to come out and say, hey, I want to break these chains. You know, uh, well, I see this a lot in, in, in like a in a in a sexual in a sexual in a sexual saying. For example, if my mom got pregnant when she was sixteen, and then the daughter, which would be my mom, you know, got pregnant when she was sixteen. Not that she did. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm right. just saying just just an example. Yeah, as an example, right? And then I am fourteen and a half, and I'm starting to get you know sexually active. I think we should start like ringing the bell, you know. You know, have you guys ever seen the movie of um, of the Hunchback of the Note of the Notre Dame? Uh, yeah, you know, you know when the guy kind of like rings the bell and everybody goes, "What's that?" Like that, you have to ring the bell and say, "Hey, I have to tell my daughter that if she doesn't stop, she will end up like me." And that's not the point. The point is not saying, "Oh, well, she'll learn by herself." No, the whole point is to like kind of stop them on their tracks, right? Sorry, I didn't mm -hmm. want to say the whole things. Um, so the second the second thing that I saw is that um, when you ask your parent in order to make this a good a good discussion is don't ask for specific details. Let them tell you what they're comfortable with, because you have to understand that they might be either embarrassed or they could be traumatized by what happened to them. And a perfect example of this is rape. Rape is can be a chain. Yes. And it's mm -hmm. something that uh, the person who would, who experienced it can feel very intimidated by they can feel like they they can feel embarrassed that it even happened to them they they might not have even like worked through it completely yet and yes maybe they'll be able to tell you that it happened but they might not be able or be ready to be to be able to talk about it with the amount of detail that you would like i agree and um, the third thing that i found uh, or thought about is that you have to have appropriate timing you can't ask them when you're having yeah. fun like it has to be a serious moment and you have to have a good reason to know like have a biblical backup of why you why you want to know show them that you're taking it seriously sit down like an adult and act like an adult so that I they agree. can treat you like an adult you literally took the words out of your mouth you want to know adult stuff act like an adult Maybe before you say something so can you repeat the three things you have to be before asking your parents this um, number one appropriate age and mature so Age and matureness too. 
Uh, don't ask specific details. So information. Uh, on based on what is what's it called? The what's ne- need to know basis, right? right? Yeah, yeah. need to know basis. You might not need to know every single detail, right? Yeah. And the third. And the third is appropriate timing. Timing. I think that that's beautiful. So so I like I like age and matureness. Need to know basis and timing. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah, and it's so. We've talked about this in the past, and it's important to need to know the season that you're in as a young person, right? Like, why are you going to be asking about financial difficulties of your parents and you're like a seven-year-old? What? Like, what does that matter to you? Like, that's an adult problem, like yes. you were talking about. In Ecclesiastes 3, 1 talks about, right? There's a season for everything. And then it goes on in 3, 6, and it says, there's a time to search and a time to give up as loss. So ask God, am I going to ask just for the fun of it and just to get this information? Or am I asking... Because it's going to lead me to be edified, to keep away from these sins. So, yeah, the parent's job is to discern when to answer. The job of the youth is to ask, when is the time to ask? Is it a time to search right now for the answer? Or is it time right now to give it up as lost and maybe I'll address it in the future? Uh, and I agree. And um, I don't, look, to the older people, to the older people, because you have to understand that. Look, these chains... They all not. They all don't suck. You know what I mean. For example, um, the chain of, of like pleasure, right? Passions, they feel good. Like sometimes you kind of even time upon yourself, and you're kind of like, "Ooh, I like this one. I'm gonna leave it here." Cling, <laughs> you know. Or and then you might say, and then God comes to you and confronts you and say, "Hey, are you gonna move these things?" And you say, "I do. I am tired. I am. I am." I am tired of, of falling every single time with my girlfriend or with this girl or with this whatever, with this boy or this guy. And then he goes, okay, but take him off. But it hurts so much to let go of those things. So also we have to understand that in order to be, in order to, to, to be free of these chains, you also have to ask your parents to be free. Last time we were talking with the pastor and I was, I, I went on a trip and the, 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 the parent says that most of the girls that, that, that have been, you know, abused uh, uh, when they were young and they want to get free, they're free to a certain extent. And then you might say, okay, and then what about the rest of it? Isn't God powerful? Yes, God is powerful. But also it's a job of their mother and father to say, okay, I was abused as well. And they, they're free. Sometimes... God is so powerful, they can only free the parents and automatically, by default, the kids become free. And where do I see this? It says in John 19, it says, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, they're asking Jesus, this man or his parents, um, sorry, it says, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? The, the, the kid was born blind. And listen, look what Jesus says. He's so amazing. He says, it was not this man that sinned or his parents but that the works of God might be displayed in him. So what does that mean? It doesn't matter who's sin in your life. The, what, what it is is let's fix it. Let God show up in our lives. Honestly, Dan, I really liked what you said about um, how sometimes the, sh- the chains are pleasurable because I've read so many different studies on how uh, on familiar, familiar chains. And two of them that struck me the most was... Um, Scientists did this study about uh, a, a particular city in the United States where it was viewed as like a rite of passage or like an expectation for the for a daughter to get pregnant at the age of 14 or 15. And the grandmother, so the way that it works in, in this particular city is that the daughter would bear her child and her mother would take care of that child while the 
while the daughter would take care of the grandmother. So instead of, <laughs> they had like their whole family tree mixed up, but it was an expectation. Like chains can even become an expectation of your family that you follow in these footsteps. And not only that, I read this this book about um, uh, drug addiction in, in New Mexico, where it was viewed as an inheritance for the child, the, the parent got their child addicted to drugs as their only, as a form of inheritance. Like, oh, I, I'm addicted to drugs, so now I'm going to buy you your first drug so you could also be a drug addict. Wow. And it becomes, it becomes a cycle because they view it as an inheritance, as like something that's common, something that, that they should be doing, where it's, it's completely twisted. And, and that's a lot with like the white community, right? That's like, like, like especially with the, with the drug addicts, a lot of drug Actually, addicts. Actually, it was uh, his, ma majorly Hispanic. Majorly Hispanic. Okay, yes. and, and the thing is that not... I can't say that my parents want that to our lives, right? Because that's right. Yeah, doing drugs is a really crazy. But but um, I was gonna say that where can you see that in us, Danny? But my dad doesn't want to doesn't want to do this. But sometimes they say, "Hey, you're not going to college. You're going straight into work." But dad, I want to go to college. Why? Oh, because that's what happened to me. I had to sell oranges when I was 16, when I was 18, and I, I always look at those thoughts and I'm like, "Why would you want the same thing for your kids? Right, Wouldn't right. you want them to be?" Uh, um, some kid today was was telling me, he was like, "Oh, you know, my dad told me I shouldn't be working," and I was like, "I agree. You should be going to school. Mm -hmm. You should be living off of me and the leaders. If you're hungry, you should be like, hey, yo, I'm hungry. Can we go eat something? You think you wouldn't buy you food?'" He was like, "Yeah, but I don't want to burden you." I was like, "No, no, no. You don't understand. If you win at life, that means we all win. You know what I mean? That means if you graduate and you become of something, that means that everything we've done." has put you in that position. And that's what we have to see. I tell him, he's like, oh, but you know, isn't that like a, a, a am I, aren't I bothering you? And I was like, no, I see you as an investment. Not that I'm ever going to, you know, reach into your pockets right. and pick it out. But I see you as like, oh, look, look at this guy. Look at this, look, look at this kid. Look at Danny. Now he's a graduated man. He has a family and follows Jesus Christ and his morals are good. That's what I want to see. That's what's my payment. And I told him, I was like, that's what I want to see. So, yes. At 18, should you be working full full time and, you know, being, no, dude, go to school. It's only, how long did, you, did it take for you to graduate? Seven years. How long? Seven years. Seven years. Usually it takes like four, right? Yeah, for college. For, yeah. for college, it yeah. takes four, dude, four years. By the time you're 18 plus four, it's 22. Two, you still have the rest of your life. And let's just say you fail a few classes because you become a little bit rebellious. Five, 23. <laughs> dude, I, I still feel that you still have the rest of your life put together. So my question is, you are right what you said. Break these chains. And sometimes we have to understand and tell our parents, we, I don't want to live this life. I don't want to live your life. I want to live my own life. You know, and, and that's, you were talking about the morals and, and, and so forth. I think, in Giselle, your example about these cultures. I, I think we need to, and I don't know, I think, but we actually need to have, need to see what is our moral compass. What does that mean? What is directing me? What is guiding me? You should, you live your life directed by what the word of God says. Yes. Because the word of God mm -hmm. is true. The word of God, the gospel transcends. It goes beyond cultures. It's not whether you're African-American, whether you're Latino, whether you're white and, you know, Anglo-Saxon, whatever, whatever race or culture you grew up in, American, Guatemalan, Central America, whatever it is. The truth is the same here in the U.S. as it is in Australia, in Africa, in Europe. In the moon. Everywhere. In everywhere. <laughs> right. And so... The sacrifice of Christ, the blood of Christ, transcends culture. It will overcome all of that. So that's why you moral compass, your guidance should be the word of God and 
follow the word of God to live like Jesus. You know, they were just telling me right now that there's like this thing in Mexico that on the girl's 15th birthday, it's like a custom to like get her drunk. And I'm like, and and look, whatever, each to his own. I I, I don't. Who am I to judge? Who are we to right. judge? But I look back and I'm like, how is that even beneficial to the girl? No, and then we're wondering why is she a drunk at 18. Why can't she get her? No, why can't she? You know, walk around without her Baileys and coffee. You know what I mean? Right. Like, if this girl has been, has been, you know, being like, I honestly forced down her throat, alcohol, at 15. So why, why why are we even acting like some somebody told me this? My brother used to tell me this. He was like, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting over a different result and different expecting a different result. Right. So you want your kids to be exactly like you, and I don't know if there's any parents listening to you, then do exactly what your parents did to you. If you want different kids, you gotta do something else. You gotta right. do something differently. So how how do we? Like, if you see a chain manifesting in your life, how do you cut it? What do you do if you see one? Ask for help. Ask for help right away. I'm not saying ask for help. I'll ask for help in a month or so. No. You get to your nearest leader. Let's just say, just because this is a youth podcast, right? right. You go to the nearest leader and you say, hey, this is manifesting in me. Ring the bell and say, I need help. And they will find you the right help. For example, um... Some people are not are not uh, are not up to ministrando full blast. People that have, for example, fornicating, or into mm -hmm. witch, into witches. Um, for for example, me, I I, I don't I, I don't like doing all that. I, I I don't like ministering the whole, the whole you know manifesting demons and everything. I don't like it. And I ask God, look, if this is my calling. Head in, <laughs> but if I but if not, I ask you to please remove it, and I haven't had it, so I don't think it's my calling. But I also say, I also tell them, but there is people that are willing to do it, and mm -hmm. the, the first way, if you see this manifesting in your life, don't be like, Papa, what did you do when you were in the past? No, <laughs> yeah. relax. You ask for help, and you start. You start. Uh, it's called um, ministración. In Spanish, it's awesome. it's. I know it's counseling, but, but it's not counseling because counseling, uh, it could be also with your, uh, with, uh, what's it called? With, with like a, like like a counselor. counselor. So I don't want to say, it, but you know what? Let's, I'm going to change yeah. it. I'm going to change it. Let's call it spiritual counseling. Yeah. You have to go and somebody's going to sit with you and say, okay, why is it that this, why is it that that? Oh, that's why. Oh, Danny, I'm addicted uh, to, you know, something crazy to weed. Why? Oh, because, you know, your older brother, you saw him smoke when you were young. Mm. Oh, so oh. that's where it comes from. So what happens if you see it manifested in, in your life? Stop and ask for help immediately. Not wait. Yes. No, I was going to say um, that one of the biggest things in ministración is that... Yeah, I know, but that's so hard. I, I just doesn't it doesn't feel right. It doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> um, is honesty because sometimes you have to also keep in mind that the person you're speaking to also has a life, guys. You know, and they, you're not the only person that has to talk. You're not the only person they ever have to be in this counseling or spiritual counseling. And so I, I'd say just say the truth at once. You know, don't make it be like. 17 questions later, we understand why the first problem came out because that's happened. Sometimes there's ministraciones that are five minutes long and you're like, wow, I don't even know how you got all of that out in such a quick time. And then there's other times where it's like three hours later and you're like, bro, we still don't understand number one. So 
<laughs> like the people that go, hey, what's your problem? Look, it all started when I was born. I was seven but pounds. You, you know what? I know that sounds, that sounds so funny, but sometimes we do have to go all the way back to when you were born, which is cool. Like, there's no issue. Just if you know where you struggle and you know the reason for it, honesty yeah. is the best policy, guys. Like, like we've said, many of these situations we're not there to judge you we to our sinners and who's to say your sin is greater than mine or my sin is greater than yours there's no judgment and if you truly are looking for this freedom or just to really like unload your soul say the truth just say it i mean what's the worst that can happen and i agree and if we don't do anything about it you know what i've seen lately uh, not lately but like like if i've lived in like if i <laughs> like if i'm six <laughs> years old but i see that for example Josue, since you're here right right if your dad does something and it triggers you, right? Mm -hmm. And then you don't fix it, then maybe your older son is gonna trigger your younger son, and then their older son is gonna trigger their younger son, and then they're gonna trigger their son, and and then it becomes this thing, and it starts to start cursing our our, our our generations, you know? And I, I think we should move away from that. Go ahead. So, yeah, like cr like creating new like new chains, right? Yes, yeah. So we have to be careful with those with those with those chains. You know what I mean? Um, so actually, before we move on to creating new chains, I wanted to talk a little bit about how do we successfully break a chain. And I, I studied a little bit about this because um, I thought of David, right? And we know that he struggled with um, infidelity, right? With Bathsheba, he, he cheated with her. And then not only did he do that, but then it led to his son's um, becoming even worse than he was, right? Solomon had a, what a thousand wives, and then Absalom slept with all his, all of David's wives. Like that, their their iniquity was way bigger than their dad's. But why? Like it it doesn't make sense. Like David was sorry about what he did, so he, he and then once once he sinned, he understood that the reason he sinned was because his dad had done it before him. So why wasn't David able to su successfully break it? Oh yes, his mom. Sorry. So why wasn't David so successfully able to break those chains? And um, so I I um, studied a little bit and I found four steps that you need to take to break a chain. And sorry, am I going to into it? No, give all the really four fast, steps fast. Really yeah. fast. Okay. So the first one was that you have to recognize your sin, right? You have to take responsibility for your sins and the sins of your ancestors before you who may not have known God or were not able to fix it. And then the second one is um, based on Galatians 3, uh, 13 to 14. Uh, it's breaking the chain in the name of Jesus Christ. And the reason I use Galatians is because if you read it, it says, Jesus became a curse and at the same time dissolved the curse. So when you um, break the chain in the name of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ becomes that chain and he breaks that chain. So it can no longer um, have power over you. And not only that, but in, in, the, in the same um, verses, it says that when, when, this, when we accept Jesus Christ, we are able to receive God's life, his spirit, and in, and in, in and with us by believing. So when we believe in Jesus Christ, we share the spirit of God. So we, be, we get the authority that God has to break these chains. And so um, that's the third one, which is we... We share the, uh, no, we are able to command every evil spirit behind the chain to leave your family and your life. 
And then the fourth step is to declare out loud that you are free. And I get that I got that from Leviticus 25:10, where it says, "You will make the 50 the 50th year a special year. You will announce freedom for everyone living in your country." And the way I saw it is that jubilee is the year of freedom, right? And who is our jubilee? Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so when we um, when we announce our faith in Jesus Christ, when we announce uh, we declare our freedom, which is Jesus Christ, then we declare freedom for not only ourselves, but everyone living in our country. And who is our country? Our family, our, our generations to come. And um, one of the versions of, of this verse said that all the slaves become free and they are able to go back to their homes. And who are the people who were slaved? Us, because we were chained by, chained by these sins. So when we declare out loud that we are free, then we become free from the chains that are holding us back. I have a question. Can we just go over every single step? Step number one. Um, the first step was uh, to recognize your sins. So recognition. Understand yeah. what you're falling in, okay? Number the two? The second one was to break the chain in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, through Jesus. And then? The third one was to command the e every evil spirit to leave your fa your life and family. Take control of your spiritual life. And the third one was to declare that you are free out loud. Okay. Words words are stronger. Perfect. So so the Bible also says that in part we talk and in part we prophesy. So those four things. Number one was uh, to recognize what your problem is. Number two is to break the chains through Jesus Christ. Number three is take control of your spiritual surroundings and yourself, your spiritual self. And number four, and lastly, is to prophesy over your life that you're free. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. And not only that, but we also have to have the faith that we have been set free. Because mm -hmm. a lot of the times we're like praying and we're like, ah, you know, I'm just having this trouble. You know, maybe it's a small, small thing, right? It doesn't need like counseling, let's say, for example. But you're just like, and was that really forgiven? Like, so where's your faith, right? So that goes to where John eight thirty six says, it says, so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So we have to believe that we are been set free by Jesus Christ. We have to have that conviction that that sin, that that chain has been broken. Because if we don't have that conviction, guess what? The enemy doubt starts attacking our faith and we fall into that chain again. You, you know, I was going to say that with what you said, we can't ask God to free us. And then go back to the same exact thing. Like, for example, um, hey, Danny, you know, I'm struggling with my girlfriend. You know, I'm struggling. Uh, you know, we get a little bit, sometimes we get a little bit way too handsy. And then the next day, you get, you go back out with her alone by yourself. Keep in mind, we're all human and we're all bound to fall on that. So what's the point? Take somebody with you. Take your friend. Take your sister. Take your brother. Take somebody that's... Even though they're annoying, they're willing mm -hmm. to annoy you, so you don't fall into into the into that into that thing, and that's important for you to understand. I was gonna say, Danny, that um, this freedom comes at a price. You know, it's it, freedom is it's not free. I mean, I, that sounds horrible. You know, it's not like oh, a hundred dollars if you want you know spiritual counseling. It's not like that. But there's things that you ha are gonna have to be willing to let go of that are not always pleasant. And we see this. I don't know how to say this correctly because. Yeah, I know in, in Spanish it's garadeno, but in, in English I'm reading it as gar... Here, let me read it again just in case. It's garasenes. Can read that for me? Garasen, garasenes? Garasenes? Yeah, okay, those people. And it's when Jesus freed the, the two men in, with the pigs, right? And what happened after when all of the people found out, they begged him to leave. Because they weren't willing to kill all the pigs. That was their source of, of life, their source of food, right? So they were like, no, 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 please go. Like, we're afraid. Just go. After they had seen two men who were completely um, 
possess being freed instead of saying, oh, I want that freedom. They said mm, the mm -hmm. price is too high. They couldn't let go of their filth mm -hmm. in order to be free. So you have to know that, yeah, you want to be free. And that's one of the things that happens is like, oh, yeah, you know, I went through the whole spiritual counseling, but I'm still feeling it in my heart. Okay, well, God took your sin, cast it out into the sea, and he forgot it to the depths of the sea, right? Mm -hmm. And um, the one who keeps bringing it back is, mm -hmm. is us. The one who keeps rekindling it and keep living it and living it and living it is ourselves. So, yeah. I agree. I think the question is here is, are you willing to pay the price for your freedom? And you're definitely right. Nothing in this life is free. In order for you to be free of sin, Jesus had to die. In order for you to be free today, after Jesus has died, you have to pay him some sort of uh, embarrassment or, you know, talk or counseling. So, yes, Giselle. The way I saw it is also that when you become free, um, you make the decision to love and obey God. So it's like a deal. You do right. one and you you get the freedom, but you also have to do this for God, which is love and obey him. And then the, what I found out or what I realized was um, I studied David a little bit to figure out, okay, why didn't why wasn't he able to stop it? Well, if you read Psalms 51, it's his prayer after he um, fornicated with, uh, with Bathsheba. He is regretful and he's super sorry and everything like that, which he, which shows that he did the first step, but he didn't do any of the other steps. So because he didn't um, break the chain, because he didn't um, reprender like the spiritus that were um, involved with that, the same chain that was afflicted him stayed dormant, uh, dormant and festering, and didn't come out again until his kids had to deal with it in a way worse manner than he did and you know you were talking about the cost you were talking about the cost of following christ and james 4 7 says submit yourselves therefore to the lord to god submit yourself to god right submit to his authority submit to his word submit to his commandments is a uh, essentially what he asks of you in the word of god and then when oh, you were talking about david like he just didn't he essentially didn't resist the enemy. And so James 4, 7 goes on and says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So a lot of the times we ask the Lord to forgive us, sometimes we doubt and we don't know if we have the faith. Um, and sometimes once we've been forgiven, we just keep falling into the same traps again. Like you were talking about, like if you have problems with your girlfriend, like in the sexual like temptation situation, why are you alone? Resist the situation. Don't put yourself in those situations, right? And, and resist the temptation. Submit to God. And you will not fall into the hands of the devil. I mean, that, that, that really is key. I mean, we have to submit and we says. I, I, and like I said, I completely agree with everything you guys said. Honestly, in order for you guys to break these chains, it, you guys have to really try. You have to make a choice of trying. You have to make a choice of deciding to move away from where you are coming from and, and change your life. Change what what's going on. If, if you say, look, Danny, I want to change, but I kind of don't want to give up, you know, my phone, if I don't want to give up my girlfriend, if I don't want to give up, okay, sounds good. Don't worry about it. I, I, who am I to judge you? Just know that that will always um, um, drag you down. Okay, guys, um, today on the, on the second part of the, of the Breaking Chains, guys, uh, thank you guys for uh, joining us, and thank you guys for joining us on The Encounter. Don't forget to follow uh, Redeem LA at um, the Instagram. We're also going to start... Uh, what I say, TikTok, 
I think so. Make sure you follow us on there too. And don't forget that we're going to come out with our podcast at the Q&A. So please, please, please be on the lookout on the Instagram if you want to send on your questions. You want to send on your comments, concerns, whatever it is that you want to do. Even if you want to just say that we suck, we'll take it gladly. <laughs> All right, guys. Don't forget. Don't forget The Encounter by Redeem LA. Take care, guys. God bless.